It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Guessman. With me, as always, is Mr. Kevin Baxter. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. Recording on January 30th, a Tuesday, because I just got back from overseas on Monday. So Tuesday special edition of uh, Corner of the Galaxy from the Box headed your way. And a lot of things to talk about. I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into a whole bunch of uh, different things. But only 33 days now, 33 days from as we're recording right now until the LA Galaxy will take on the Portland Timbers in the very first game of the 2018 season. And with the roster coming together, the guys are in Tucson getting some of that preseason training on. Uh, there could still be some other additions. So uh, let's go ahead and check in with the man, the myth, the legend. He's always quirky and always bringing the fire, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? All right. You said at the top here that this was going to be a great show. I think we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Let's let's see how it plays out. But we have some great topics. Talking about you're back on Countdown Watch again with the countdown to the start of the season. How did you enjoy? How did you enjoy um, your visits out to the first week of training camp, which you've been counting down for months? How did that go? Did you uh, see anything you liked out there at training camp? I don't even know what day it is, nor what time it is after getting from back from Scott. Yes, I've missed it. I got to count it all down, and then of course the business trip that I that I thought was going to happen at some point happens during the first week of training camp. So no, I didn't get to go out there. I didn't get to talk to anybody. I didn't get to see any of these new players who I've been announcing. It was uh, it was fun. Yeah, good times. Well, um, and so you saw some real soccer over there in England. A real quote-unquote. And by the way, whenever I said that I was seeing some proper soccer, um, I got yelled at because they're like, I think they call it football over there. I could give a crap what they call it over there. Um, I enjoyed my time over. I was in Scotland, so I was in Glasgow. I was in Edinburgh. Uh, I, I went to uh, Birmingham, England for a little bit as well. Um, such a garden spot that is. And then I traveled down to London. And that London trip there, Kevin, was when I actually got a chance to, um, you know, actually do some sightseeing. So I didn't see really anything in Glasgow. I didn't see anything in Edinburgh. Um, nothing in Birmingham. I was working the whole time. And then Saturday and Sunday, I was in London. So I did get some time. So I took a tour of uh, Stamford Bridge, where, where Chelsea play in uh, West London in there, um, which was, I I think it was way more interesting for the people who were on that tour besides me. I, I've seen locker rooms and, and press things not to be overly cynical about things, but um, StubHub Center is actually, I think, nicer than, than Stanford Bridge in a lot of ways there, Kevin. It didn't really, you know, make me go, oh my God, they do everything so much better here. I, I didn't see that at all. A wee, a wee, wee bit more history at uh, at Stanford Bridge, I would say. And you didn't think you were going to see a game. And, and I wanted to tell you, they have these things that all the teams print up, and you can get them, and they're online, and they're called, um, what are they called? Oh, schedules. Uh, schedules. Schedules, yes. You could have looked at a schedule, and you would have known there was a game there. Instead, you went over there with your panties all in a bunch, panicking about how you weren't going to see a game, and you're... EPL countdown clock broke and you didn't realize there was a game right when you were there which was which was a happy coincidence so I mean I'll take that um, there was an FA Cup game which is why it wasn't on the Premier League schedule whenever I looked to see all the teams in London who were playing I was gonna oh let me see a London team play and so it was an FA and they were one they were only there was one of only two games I think that got played on Sunday and there were only like one or two games on the Saturday, and I almost made it to a championship uh, uh, level game between uh, Brentford FC, who's a London-based team, and uh, Norwich. 
And I was on my way walking and I got out of the train and it started raining a little bit. And I'm like, I'll be fine. It's just a little rain. And I turned a corner and the wind was blowing like 50 miles an hour and the rain was sideways. And I got back on the train and went to the hotel. So I, I skipped out on that one. Um, but I ended up making it to see uh, Chelsea play uh, Newcastle in which Chelsea thoroughly dominated uh, Newcastle with us like an A minus B plus lineup. Um, and it was really, I, I enjoyed it. I had a great seat. I wasn't that far from the field. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, J-G-O-O-S-S, you can see pictures from that. And I had, a, I had a great time. I will tell you this, that I wasn't blown away by how much better everything was in the EPL. I will say this, everybody at Chelsea in the stadium, in terms of people who worked there, were extremely nice and so knowledgeable. And I had a great time talking to a whole bunch of different people. And I sat next to uh, uh, two people who came from France to see a game. And two, and there were four people in front of me from, uh, from uh, I think, Frankfurt, Germany, who were there to see a game as well. So like it was this nice international mix. And we all had a good time. And it, it was great. But... Um, yeah, give me an MLS game. I know people are well, going to say that's crazy, well, but I'm fine well, with that. No, wait a minute. You started out saying that you went down and looked at the schedule to see if any of the London teams were playing, and then you mentioned that you were unimpressed with the level of play. That's because you weren't in Manchester. Oh, Manchester yes. City plays yes. its home games in Manchester. If you want to see top-notch quality soccer, you need to go to the other side of the island. You need to go to Manchester. I, so I, that, I flew that, that's over your it. whole problem right there. I flew over Manchester, and I think that might be the best way to see it. Just right over top of it and gone oh, and keep going and, you, and all You that. don't know what you're missing. Uh, I'm sure. Listen, I would love to go back and see more games. I think it was a fun thing to check off my list. But, I, again, I wasn't blown away. And I think I should have been blown away. Uh, for everything that I hear, it was soccer, it was football, it was everything that I knew it to be and and that I've been watching, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it, but it, again, it just, and I, I think people will think I'm crazy, maybe it's because I'm an MLS homer and that's what I watch and I'm just used to it, but it just, it wasn't anything that was great. I will tell you, the travel day yesterday on Monday has me totally screwed up, so I could be remembering things incorrectly uh, and how it all goes down, and I've been trying to catch up on all the Galaxy stuff that I missed over the time, and apparently there was some talk about some different things. So I think we can continue on with the show now, understanding that I don't really, I didn't think that English soccer was that great, and the best thing about England was that there, anytime I wanted tea, I could find tea, and it was very easy, and they don't just, and they really don't cater to coffee drinkers, which makes me feel Oh, so much better. I'm usually in the minority about drinking tea. So that was that was really, well, I think, the highlight. Last question about the trip. Did you understand anybody in Scotland? Yes, I did. Although, oh, wait, amazing. I did not. I, I understood some people. I did not okay. understand everybody. Um, there were some people, and I was there on a business trip. I know some people think it was vacation. I was not on vacation. I was there on a business trip. So I was in a conference room for the first uh, three days, basically, of that trip. While I was there, um, and some of the people who came in, obviously Glasgow-based, um, you know, Scottish Scottish people, very, very nice. As a whole, I think the Scottish people are extremely nice and generous, and and they can be uh, cranky and funny. Uh, but for the most part, they were they were wonderful, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, but yeah, there were some guys I was like, I have no idea what you just said. I know that was English. I picked up like one word out of the whole thing, but we're going to have to go back. Maybe we need to write it out and, and discuss it. So yes, that was, uh, that was fun. But I told them that, that if I could understand Steven Gerrard, that I was pretty sure I could understand most Scotsmen. So they, they figured out I, that I probably could figure it out. Robbie Keane was the one that threw me when he first came here. But you know, if you had gone to Manchester, which you should have done, and that was your huge mistake, you could have checked in on perhaps the newest member of the Galaxy to be. Um, who it's still in in Manchester, although I understand he's actually, I've got a note today saying he's in Macedonia shooting wild boars, and that would be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 
No, no, no. Ibrahimovic. We Vitch. we went over this before. I, I, I said, know. That's why. I, that's why I did that. Ibrahimovic. I was. I was. I told Kevin before we started. I'm like, don't screw up his name, because people are gonna complain if you screw up his name. Just don't. Don't do it. And and I think you. You said, need more guys named John Smith. <laughs> there he was. That was it. Yeah, I know. There were a lot of uh, challenging names on this roster. But yes, let's go back to a rumor that we have talked about many, many times ad nauseum. Perhaps um, one one that I can stomach more than Pato for some reason. Um, but Zlatan. Ibrahimovic coming to the LA Galaxy once again seems to be on. Taylor Twelman put out a tweet a couple days ago saying that uh, it looks like it has legs and that, uh, you know, it, this this could be something that happens, which is funny, Kevin, because if you start with saying, hey, the LA Galaxy are going to get to Zlatan, there are immediately roadblocks and red flares and everything that shoot up to tell you this is an impossible thing to have happen right now because, one, the LA Galaxy don't have any designated player spots. Uh, two, they don't have any international slots, so there's there's two hurdles you have to clear already. Uh, and there's no way that Zlatan would come and play for targeted allocation money. Everybody knows that's ridiculous. So there's really, if you start with just those things and list them off, uh, Kevin, you would say that this is impossible, right? I, I would, and I would say it's impossible for a number of different reasons. I, did, I just did want to get back to uh, uh, what I said earlier, which I had got a message from a Swedish journalist, and she said the people over in Sweden are going nuts about this rumor again. And she quoted to me a, a story in the French publication L'Equipe that said that uh, the deal is done, that it's signed, and that Zlatan is, uh, is currently in Macedonia hunting wild boar, which that kind of makes the whole rest of the story seem improbable to me. First of all, if he's still under contract to Manchester United, I can't imagine them letting him go. And I can't imagine the Galaxy allowing the guy that they just signed to go off and hunt wild boar in Macedonia. So you got to take all that with a grain of salt. But I, I mean, I think you laid it out. There's no designated player spot. So the most I think that they could give him, is supposed to be a TAM money deal. The most he could get from TAM money would be 1.5 million. Now there's a number of ways that you can make the bookkeeping work. You can tell him, look, you're getting, he, by the way, reportedly, and it, it's very difficult to get accurate, uh, salary figures out of most European countries, England especially, but he's reportedly making three hundred thousand plus per week. Um, so, and and he'll get that through the end of the season. So, the Galaxy can give him one point five million. The Galaxy may tell him, "Look, you're going to get this money from Manchester United anyways. You're going to, but you, you're not going to go broke. Come over here. We'll give you a million and a half on top of what you're already getting. Play for us." Of course, Latan's response would be. Why don't I just sit out if I'm going to get the money anyways? Why do I have to come over there? Um, so they're probably sweetening the pot in a number of different ways, whether it's the Beckham ruse, you know, introducing he and his wife who have uh, ambitions to get involved in Hollywood and fashion at the end of their careers, whether that's part of it, whether uh, the Galaxy could move one of the designated players. And, and you and I have talked about that on this show. The Dos Santos brothers are a package deal. you got to move both of them. You can't move just one. Alison Drini is the team's best player. So if you can't move both those Santos brothers, then you have to move Allison Drini. And then again, you're moving your best player to get a guy who's 36 coming off major surgery who hasn't played much for Manchester United this year. So there's a lot of questions just from how do the mechanics of this work? Then on top of that, I really like the Galaxy lineup right now, the way it lines up as a four, uh, as a four, three. What did we talk about? It's going to be a four, two, three, one. Yep, the way that go. lines up, I like that a lot. If uh, uh, Zlatan comes in, and, you know, he also, one of the midfielders is going to have to sit and it's going to change the formation. I think the team is is going to be worse. I mean, I don't think the team is going to be as good uh, putting him on the field. 
And there's other issues. Like he, he came back to Manchester United primarily because he wanted to win a Champions League crown. It's one of the few things he doesn't have. Manchester United right now is in the round of 16, the knockout round of the Champions League. They play Sevilla, so they'll win that. They'll be in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I can't imagine that he is going to leave. And I was uh, having a conversation with this Swiss uh, with this. Uh, um, Swiss or Swedish journalist. I was going to say, said, they're different countries, yeah, all right? We, we talked countries. about this I've earlier. Heard about <laughs> I've heard about that. They're different countries. Um, uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, Europe, I didn't know if you knew this, but you probably know now because you've been in Europe. It's a whole bunch of different countries. <laughs> that's it's actually kind of cool. Really close together. That's what, that's what it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But anyway, when I mentioned that to her, she said that's exactly her opinion, that um, uh, of course he wants to win Champions League and that he never gives up or surrenders. Last year, he went to the Europa League final on crutches. So she doesn't seem that seem to think that he would want to leave uh, Europe at least until after the Champions League. Even though Jose Mourinho, you may have seen this, Jose Mourinho said he's free to leave. He doesn't yep. have to wait uh, for their permission if he wants to go somewhere else. Now that Manchester United has Alexis Sanchez and doesn't really need Zlatan anymore, he's free to leave. Although Mourinho said on Monday that uh, Zlatan had not talked to him about it, hadn't mentioned it, so he didn't know how true the rumors were. So there's a lot of things swirling. I will go back to what I've said on Twitter a million times now. I've carried water on this two times now. 2016, I did a big story. Here's how it's going to work. It sounds far-fetched. It's really going to happen. Here's how he comes to MLS. Never happened. Last year, I'm told that the contract was in front of him and his agent, that it was the richest contract in MLS history, and that there was some real interest um, and, and that's the word I got from the galaxy. It really didn't seem that way because he enrolled his, his son in uh, Manchester United Youth Academy very early, was working out there, seemed very intent on coming back to Manchester United. We heard that when Manchester United was here on their summer tour that he was coming back. So all that stuff about him signing with the galaxy turned out to be not true, although I, I, I was told that the contract was in front of him. So now this is the third time. Is the third time the charm? Again, a lot of the same issues are on the table, but they've been down this road twice now, if you believe the Galaxy. They've actually had serious uh, talks twice. So they've gotten past the um, introduction stage. They've gotten past the here's what we can do for you stage. Now it's really time, I think, for him to make a decision. And and the Galaxy appear to be much closer now than they were in the past. And remember, with both Gio and Jonathan, those deals, especially uh, Gio, those deals took years. I think with Gio, it took five years of discussions. And they offered a contract to him when Tim Laiwiki was still here. And, and they, they finally landed him long after Tim Laiwiki had left. So obviously these deals kind of take time. And you have to believe that the Galaxy, for regardless of what they said in the past, that the Galaxy, just by showing an interest, have made progress down this road. And this may be the time that they finally get it all nailed down. Well, if, if it doesn't happen now, Kevin, it doesn't happen. This is it. He's 36 years old, I believe. Uh, he is injured right now, which is one of the reasons that he can't play for Manchester United. And despite that, the uh, the United went out and, and, as you said, got Alexis Sanchez. This pushes Laton, I think, third in down the pecking order. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who cannot get a game with Manchester United anymore. And that's probably going to be how it is for the rest of the year. So, you know, the fact of him not wanting to leave before Champions League, he's not going to play. If he just wanted to get a medal for, for no reason whatsoever, you know, or, or a trophy for what, no reason. I mean, he's not going to contribute, and it doesn't seem like uh, Jose Mourinho thinks he's going to tr- contribute either. Otherwise, they wouldn't have got Alexis Sanchez and all that stuff. 
I think the time for him to get out is now. Now, the the cool thing with the Galaxy is they may have saved a whole bunch of money, Kevin. As you said, one of the richest contracts in Major League Soccer at one point, but they may have saved a whole bunch of money by not getting him and uh, and and having not having to pay him a whole bunch while he's been injured because he's on a knee injury right now, coming off of what looked like could be a career-ending you know knee leg injury as well. So you're getting a 36-year-old guy who can't stay healthy enough right now to even get on the bench and who isn't going to see the bench anymore now that they got Alexi Sanchez. So there's no there's there's nothing keeping him there except if he wanted like the participation medal for the Champions League if, you know, United somehow uh, comes through and wins it. So I, I don't see that as a driving factor for him anymore. And then here's the really weird thing. It seems like the Galaxy may actually be able to land this as a targeted allocation money deal. Uh, we've talked about it, Kevin. You said it. Uh, $1.5 million is the max that they'd be able to spend on Zlatan. Um, how they make it up, and and you did a great job of, of maybe there's some sponsorships, maybe there's some other things that they can't apparently be directly related with the... Um, they can't be directly related with the team, those sponsorships. So AEG can't go and sponsor him, you know, and they probably can't even somehow have affiliates, you know, sponsor him. But if Zlatan comes to the United States, I think you would imagine that there would be some sponsorship opportunities and that $1.5 million could be a lot more money in the States just by being here and him being here. We'll see if that ends up happening. But here's the benefits for the Galaxy just by signing him. One, they don't have to spend that much money. And by the way, $1.5 million is a throwaway amount of money to take a take a running shot at Zlatan because this is a totally risky move um, that has been almost minimized to no risk whatsoever. You said it, Kevin, the LA Galaxy have a lineup and how they want to line up, you know, the 4-2-3-1, how, how we at least see that right now, or at least in, in early days here, uh, seems like it fits them great. And in my mind, and I have I said this on Twitter and I saw you guys all lose your mind over it, um, and, and maybe it's because it's so truthful that you can't possibly stand it, but in my mind, Zlatan is an option off the bench. I said that he is a rich man's Alan Gordon, and if you're going to use Zlatan for anything, that's what it should be. You're talking about a 36-year-old, Kevin, who has a knee injury, who hasn't been able to play regular minutes. He's not going to be a 34-game starter for the LA Galaxy in 2018. That's not happening. His body can't handle it. His 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 knee can't handle it. His knee doesn't even want to like work out right now in terms of getting him on the field for Manchester United. So that's not going to happen. But what Ibrahimovic could be to the LA Galaxy is one of the most dangerous, deadly, crowd-drawing subs that has ever been created in the history of Major League Soccer. If you can imagine with 30 minutes to go in the LA Galaxy, down by a goal, you bring on somebody like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who can give you 30 hard minutes, probably score three or four goals, and win you the game. Doesn't that make more sense than trying to pigeonhole a 36-year-old with now a history of knee problems, no real instance of, of being able to string any games together or in terms of being ha having been able to play? Doesn't that make more sense that he's a sub now? And doesn't a TAM play or targeted allocation money at $1.5 million, doesn't that do everything for the LA Galaxy and, and make this team, um, you know... Uh, a, a real title contender. I know people have been pushing that around a little bit, but it now see if you could get a sub. If if MLS has progressed to the fact that they can get a 36-year-old sub like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, doesn't that make sense? And wouldn't you want to do that? Well, it's a total steal at 1.5 million. Even if he never steps on the field, yes. I mean he's going to sell 1.5 million dollars worth of jerseys. Yes. Um, I don't know if his ego is going to allow that, and that is a big thing. And that was one of the things that was lost in 
how great a man manager Bruce Arena was that he took guys like Gerard, like Robbie Keane and Beckham and Landon Donovan, guys that those of us who have been around them know that all these guys have tremendous egos and you have to stroke those egos in many different ways. I think trying to, to tell uh, someone like Slatan to sit on the bench and maybe he'll come in if Emma Boateng gets winded. That's going to be a tough sell for him, no matter what the financial deals are. Um, I, I did see a report, uh, maybe the same one, that said that the deal was actually signed three weeks ago. And I got people asking me whether that was true. I talked to the Galaxy several times today, and they said that uh, there is nothing. They said nothing imminent. Um, they said uh, talks are ongoing. Um, they they did say that the, the whole sponsor idea of, of using sponsors some way to sweeten the deal uh, beyond what the Galaxy could pay him in salary, that that was all accurate, that they are talking about that, and that talks are ongoing, that the last two years did help. They said nothing is imminent. I do see pictures here. Zlatan took a, a knock on Boxing Day, which is December 26th, um, and hasn't played since then, but he has been working out. There's pictures of him working out at the Manchester United facility, which surprisingly enough, is in Manchester. And um, that would seem to belie the idea that he is out hunting boar, wild boar in Macedonia. So um, those are the reports. He's signed. Uh, Galaxy says, no, he's not signed. He's hunting boar in Macedonia. Here's a picture of him working out in Manchester. It also says that he intends to continue his rehab in Manchester for as long as it takes before coming to L.A. Um, that would seem to be something that perhaps the Galaxy might not be too interested in. Ziggy said he wanted everybody here for the start of training camp. We're a week into training camp, still knows Zlatan, and he's going to stay there and continue to rehab uh, and can't get on the field. You know, maybe he shows up in the middle of February, two weeks before, three weeks before the start of the season, unhealthy, uh, just meeting the guys. Um, that flies in the face of what Ziggy wanted to do. And frankly, if I'm a guy in the galaxy and everybody else has to be in here for the start of training camp and this guy wanders in and then uh, acts as if he's going to take a starting spot, um, now you there, there's another thing. Now you, you put your good clubhouse, uh, your good locker room at risk. That was a huge problem last year. The locker room the, never was on the same page. There were too many uh, people trying to pull it apart. And now you have this guy showing up trying to do the same thing. I, the Galaxy are probably going to sign up. Uh, you know, you've made too many good points about why they can't afford not to sign him, why they have to do this. And I'm looking at the other way. <coughs> other way, excuse me. I think he blows up the locker room. I think he's he, his ego is going to be a little bit of a problem, maybe a big part of the problem. I think he makes the lineup weaker um, from an on-field and performance perspective for the Galaxy. I don't like the deal, um, but it's probably going to happen if they're actually this close. I, I was going to say, you not liking the deal for on-field stuff is is almost ridiculous. I, I really, I you said it, and I'm like, it makes the Galaxy weaker. Nowhere does it make the LA Galaxy weaker. If he's not a starter, if even if he is a starter, listen, he's not going to be a starter. Okay, that's just that. I know everybody thinks that that's a ridiculous thing. The guy cannot walk in terms of playing right now. There's no way he starts. So, so he sits on the bench and becomes a, a, a Swedish version of Jermaine Jones, just Perfect. complaining and bitching and blowing the team up. Perfect. Perfect. The Galaxy make millions of dollars, and the lineup that they have there right now is nothing compared to the lineup they had last year. These guys and the guys in the LA Galaxy are not stupid enough to be like, oh, I'm going to get jealous of Zlatan. It's Zlatan Ibrahimovic, one of the greatest players ever. If he comes in, if he wants to come in in the middle of February, he will come in in the middle of February. That's fine. And Siggy is not going to be upset about it either. Nobody's going to be upset about it. 
that's just I'm upset about it. I can I yeah, I I can tell. I can <laughs> tell you that you are. Nobody's going to be upset about it. And the reason they're not going to be upset about it is because it's Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's one of the greatest players of all time in 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 soccer. You you want him there. You want him on your team and he's going to make the team better if he can play. That's why that's why to me I'm okay with burning 1.5 million dollars in a TAM spot. It's like I don't care if he plays. He should be able to play. He should be able to impact the team. If he is able to be on the field, Kevin, he makes your team better. Bottom line. If he is in the locker room, and and by the way, his ego has already taken a hit, okay? Because he cannot stay on the field for Manchester United because of the injuries, all right? He is not in even like within spinning distance of a starting spot for Manchester United, and he already knew that going back to the club this year is that he wasn't going to be a starter. So you're seeing his ego be ratcheted down and ratcheted down. This is a chance for him to play out the rest of his career, which seems like it's probably going to be measured in days. Months. Yeah, I was going to say days, months, not years. I mean, you're not looking two years here. It might be a year, year and a half, maybe max two years, but this is it for this guy. So if he wants to come to the United States, if he wants to do it, then all these things, his ego and everything, is already adjusted to what he is because he's not this star player from you know that's able to do all these things that the great Zlatan was able to do. He is now an injured player who's older, who can fit a role for the Galaxy. And that is that, hey, if he's healthy, if he's 100% healthy, Kevin, if he can absolutely go and he can give you 80 minutes or 75 minutes, yeah, you can start him. You can start him in spots. And maybe that means that you're going to be able to give Ola Kamara time off uh, you know, and he doesn't have to play the whole time. And maybe this provides great depth for whenever you have Gio gone and Jonathan gone with the with the Mexican national team for the World Cup. So maybe all of those things start to make a lot more sense if you can get some starting. But you cannot depend on him. You could not depend on Steven Gerrard. You couldn't depend on Robbie Keane down the, down the line either in order to stay healthy and be a consistent starter. And you can't do that with Zlatan. All that being said, you sign him immediately right now. You do it. You don't even look back. You figure out how he fits in. But in my mind, he doesn't impact the starting lineup, and he doesn't impact the starting lineup for a very long time. He gets healthy. He comes on as a super sub. You have something with the LA Galaxy. At $1.5 million, I don't care if he sits on the bench and sells jerseys, that's fine as well. But I think that he can have a real positive impact on this team if he's able to be on the field. That's why it doesn't matter. And at the price, again, the price is the big thing. If we're talking the biggest contract ever for somebody right now, Kevin, this is a no-go for me. I say, no, don't do it. You don't need to waste a DP spot on it. You don't need to waste millions of dollars on it. You do not do it because he's not proven he can stay healthy. Now, you want to spend $1.5 million or less? Who even knows what that number is? $1.5 million or less? Thank you very much. Do it right now. When can we sign? You know, that that's how it has to be for the Galaxy. So let, let me, I agree with you that the $1.5 million, if it's a TAM deal, it, it's, it's a great bargain. But I just want to make sure I got you straight. Yes. You're saying... The Galaxy should go out and get a one-legged 36-year-old guy yes. with a very uh, recent injury history. Yes. And they should bring him to the league, and yeah. they should use him as a super sub, and he should be part of their 18 yes. and a guy that gets a lot of minutes. At the same time that MLS, you and everyone else around MLS is saying, hey, we don't need these. these." Oh, wait. no! Don't, don't group me into this, Kevin. Do not group me into we don't need any of these superstar guys. All right? That's not me. I'm not that guy. All right, I've always said the LA Galaxy need a superstar. The league still needs hey, some some superstars. But the argument's always been what the future is for MLS. Which direction is it going to go? Is it going to be the aging European superstars who sell tickets but can't play? Uh, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampert, those kind of people. 
Um, or is it going to be the young players, the Diego Rossi's, the Almarones, the, um, the the young, vibrant players that are going to actually bring a style of play to MLS, but at this point in their careers are unknown? Which way is it going to go? You're sort of arguing that, hey, Ramon Alessandrini was a great signing. He's a young guy that a lot of people didn't know about, and he came in and he's he's gone gangbusters. But at the same time, we need this relic from days gone by who can't play, and let's bring him in and suit him up and sit him on the bench and pretend like we're uh, advancing as a league. I mean, I think at some point MLS has to get past that model. And Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, notwithstanding, I think it's time for them to move on. David, David Villas, you know, played very well here. But uh, it's time for the league to start moving on and, and, and developing a style of play and, and developing young players rather than bringing these guys over that we've seen on TV and we want to come out and see them one more time before they die. That's, that's great, but like most things, it's not just black or white. It's gray. All right, it's in between those things. You can have both of those things and still work. I'll tell you this about Roman Alessandrini. Love him. Love what he brought to the team. Love his leadership. Love his playing ability. The fact that the LA Galaxy almost passed on him at one point and brought him in is a scary proposition to most Galaxy fans. I agree 100%. He is great. You know what Roman Alessandrini doesn't do? Put butts in seats. All right? He doesn't draw anybody. Okay, nobody. There's like three guys who watch League 1 and they were like, oh, Roman Alessandrini, I know that guy. He sucked for Marseille. All right. That's well, let's well then let's get Kate Upton in a, in short shorts and run her out there. That'll sell some seats. Is that going to improve soccer? It it, it, it might. The shallows or kick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen her play. Than last year's team. I, I, I don't. Sure. I've never seen her play. All right. But then this is the thing: is that I think that Zlatan Ibrahimovic can still play some soccer. All right. Now, is it going to be a lot of soccer? Probably not. Is it going to be a ton? That's why managing his minutes and doing things is the great idea. But here in Los Angeles, and this is my argument: if you take a team like Atlanta United and you put it in in the same position that the LA Galaxy were in last year, that they don't draw all the people that Atlanta that that drew in Atlanta. LA is a different sports town, always has been. You need stars. There's no stars on this team, Kevin. There's no. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that's interesting, and I was watching this on Twitter, and I do my spying, and I keep my eyes on certain things and certain sections of uh, of Twitter on on things. You had yesterday and and throughout these last couple of days, LAFC fans saying. Oh, hey, you guys are talking about some defender I've never heard of. Meanwhile, the LA Galaxy are landing Zlatan. Step up your game. All right? There's little things like that that you sit there and go, oh, look, see, it does still matter. And all these other teams that are getting upset about the LA Galaxy possibly being able to land Zlatan Ibrahimovic on a on a TAM deal, that still means something to the rest of the league. They may pretend that they're past it, but they're not. And you can have a mix of both. The LA Galaxy's average age right now is 26.7 years old, all right, with Michael Ciani possibly on the way out at 33 years old, who I think is the oldest player on the team right now. Um, that, that'll get a little bit younger. And if they sign the draft picks, that'll get a little bit younger as well. If you put Zlatan Ibrahimovic on at 36 years old, you're not suddenly killing this, this reasoned youth movement that has filled the LA Galaxy. All right? It's not killing anything. And quite honestly, you don't have anybody to play the position that Zlatan will play, which is the super sub role, which is to come in and be that number nine hold-up striker with 30 minutes to go and, and down a goal. So you don't have anybody that fits that role right now. So you're not hurting the roster. And, you're, and quite honestly, you're probably not hurting anybody's development because there is no number nine on this team. So if you want to put him in and be that number nine striker at coming off the bench in that sub role, then you're not hurting any youngsters. You're not doing any of that. You are putting a guy who you expect to be able to score goals in a limited amount of time. That's it. That's all it is. And at $1.5 million and all the money he's going to make you off the field, how do you not make the move? 
and they will make the move if they can pull it off because they're at least smart about that. Now, what that happens and what happens in the locker room and stuff like that, that'll uh, they'll be left to be seen. I have to imagine Siggy can handle that. And I have to imagine that Zlatan has already taken a step back from what his expectations are to be the lion of everything. I think his 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 uh, machismo will still be there, Kevin. I think he'll still be telling everybody he's the greatest player in the world. And if he comes to Major League Soccer, where there's going to be a press conference and he's going to call the reporters idiots because we don't understand his greatness. Um, all of these things are still going to happen. It just doesn't mean that, you know, that's the player he is. That's that's sort of how he's going to project his brand. That doesn't mean that he doesn't understand that his playing time's coming to a close and this is sort of his last chance to make an impact. Well, we can go ahead and put that rocking chair at the end of the bench if you want. And, let's, and while we're at it, let's go out and get some other guys who haven't played since Boxing Day uh, and are a little past their expiration date. Diego Maradona is not doing much. Pele is getting out of the hospital soon. Let's bring him in. Um, so we can talk about these guys, you know, see whether they'd be super subs off the bench coming and play uh, 30 minutes. But I, I'm, I have to tell you, I'm sitting here and I can't stop thinking who would I rather – uh, you know, who would I rather have paid to see last year? Um, would I come out to see Gio or, or Kate Upton? Because you mentioned you don't know how good she is. She might have been the answer to that team. Who knows? She I, she probably could score more than Gio, who only had three goals from the run of play last year. That's for dang sure. Um, they, it's your argument. It takes things to extremes, which is always easy for argument's that's, sakes. That's what I always do. Yeah, that's I was going to, I was going to, that's my job. That, it, it's easy for arguments. It's like pro rel people, you know, saying it has to be this way or it has, there's never a reasoned approach to anything. It's always extreme, extreme to extreme, extreme. And that doesn't work. Um, it's a blend, and that's fine. Get some young talent on the LA Galaxy. Go to South America. We've been talking about that forever. But if you have a chance to sign Zlatan, even at 36 years old, you take it. That's it. It's it's simple. It's simple. And and there's no real downside to it for the LA Galaxy. Even if he doesn't play, he sells a ton of a ton of shirts. And quite honestly, the roster as it is right now, I'm I'm very pleased with. Um, and you know, yeah, is the, the we talk about opportunity costs, right, Kevin? Because if you're going to sign Zlatan, then that means you're not going to be able to sign somebody else that 1.5 million dollars in Tam, all right? So there clearly is something there that that you're missing out on. But is it worth the risk? And bottom line is at $1.5 million, it's worth the risk. If he, if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. And, you know, I still think that he can make an impact on the field. I still think that even with all the injuries he, ha- he has had and all those things that have happened, that he can still make a meaningful impact for this LA Galaxy team. And if that's the case, then, you know, maybe it pushes the Galaxy up a little bit more. Do you go into the playoffs knowing you can bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic off the bench? Um, do you may- maybe that makes you feel a little bit better? Uh, going in the playoffs, it does for me, at least in my mind, looking at things on paper right now, it makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, maybe it's the little bit of edge that you, that you need to be able to get over, and maybe Zlatan can give you 10 or 12 goals in that sub role. That's, that's, I mean, ultimately, that's probably what you're looking for him. 10, 12, 13 goals uh, in, a, in a full season, in a 34-game season, you know, with limited minutes. That's, that's well, not you're gonna unreasonable. Have to get one, you're going to have to get one of those Stairmasters, the little, like, motorized chair that go down the stairs and the galaxy uh, offices to get them down to the locker room but Good. for the I, i'll go along with you for the sake of those macedonian wild boars if he comes over here he's not going to be shooting any animals so for the sake of the wild boars i'll say i'll agree with you i'll say let's bring him over i was gonna say you act like he's dead or he's 36 <laughs> he's my age okay i can walk just fine Okay, Jesus. All right, we're we're moving on. This so that's a Zlatan thing. I will tell you that that I have talked to some people and I have been told that un, unlike last time, 
there's, so there's a history. Let me tell you the history that I've had. Uh, one person at one point, whenever we were talking about Zlatan, said, hey, this is never going to happen. Uh, this was last year. This is never going to happen. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Well, now the same person is saying that, yeah, it looks like it's going to happen. So I, I sort of feel like they have a, a good handle on what what is happening. So that's where you're at right now. Don't get too excited. Still a bunch of hurdles to clear. Uh, I don't think that uh, uh, Le Equipe is, is, is correct right now and saying that he signed something uh, three weeks ago. But, uh, you know, things never, never, I, I will never cease to be uh, amazed in this league and by the LA Galaxy and all the things that we learn and, and talk about. So it very well could be true. So we'll see how that all goes. But the LA Galaxy very much on the heels of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Kevin. And I would say right now, if you were going to flip a coin and say, you know, does he sign or does he not sign? I would, I would land on the sign part right now, which is going to be, uh, uh, pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, the, the, there's going to be a the, circus. I think the coin comes up on its edge. <laughs> it just sits there and it hangs, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, I could I could understand that. All right, let's get to some other LA Galaxy news. LA Galaxy announced today that uh, they have hired another assistant coach, Kevin. Uh, former LA Galaxy player uh, Ezra Hendrickson has now signed on as an assistant coach with Siggy Schmidt. Um, Let's see. Prior to his coaching career, Hendrickson completed a 14-year professional soccer career, half of which he spent with the LA Galaxy. Uh, he's, he was a member of the Galaxy's first MLS Cup team in 2002, uh, and he made 139 appearances for LA all-time and was named the team's MVP in 2001. Uh, he also got to uh, got to coach under Siggy Schmidt as well, um, and together they won the uh, 2002 MLS Cup. This is when he was a player uh, with the LA Galaxy in the 2008 MLS Cup in her in Columbus uh, with Siggy Schmidt. So Hendrickson was also the DC United champion. Uh, was also with the DC United Championship team in 2004. Just to give you a uh, a sort of back to so Kevin, if I'm doing my math correct. Uh, this puts the LA Galaxy assistant coaching ranks at four coaches overall. Uh, I have Dominic Kinnear, who, by the way, is not going anywhere. As soon as they signed Ezra Hendrickson, I got all these things that said, oh, so Dominic Kinnear is gone. I'm like, why is Dominic? What? I don't know where you guys assume some of these things. There would probably be a press release if Dominic Kinnear went somewhere. That's my guess. Uh, maybe not, Kevin. Is that crazy to say? <laughs> maybe there. Uh, so anyway, Dominic Kinnear is one. Ezra Henderson is the second. You have Junior Gonzalez, who is the third assistant coach, and then the goalkeeping coach is Oka Nikoloff. Okay, so Kevin, if I'm correct, that's four. Uh, can you possibly do any comparisons to other coaching staffs of your that also had four? Well, I think all the way back to the Bruce Arena uh, era, and they had four. They had Dave Saracen, who was uh, the well, he was actually the associate head coach, but really the top assistant. Kenny Arena, Pat Noonan, and then Matt Reese was the goalkeeper coach. So there's four, three assistants and a goalkeeper coach. Now, when the Galaxy, uh, even before Bruce had stepped down officially, I think everybody knew it was coming, uh, the Galaxy went to Dave Sarakin and said, we're going to cut your salary by approximately half because we don't think we need an associate head coach and we think you're overpaid in that position. And uh, what they were really trying to do, and, and they succeeded at it, was force him to resign um, and then the argument when they hired a new coaching staff, the argument was we really don't need three assistants. Well, now, one year later, actually 14 months after Dave Sarakin stepped down, um, they're back to three assistant coaches. So I don't know what we know the whole theory and philosophy about going young and, and, and uh, fielding the team from the academy. We know where that went. It, it dissolved into an 8-18 and 8 season. But I'm kind of surprised that the whole coaching staff thing came back. Um, you know, LAFC has a large coaching staff. Toronto, which won the MLS Cup, they have a large coaching staff. It, it, MLS teams do seem to be expanding. It, it, it seems like the 
the three assistant uh, coaches now seem to be sort of uh, just part of the of, of the way MLS to, where a- MLS is going, and it seems to be very regular. Um, I was surprised the Galaxy fought it last year. I was I- I'm actually glad to see. I should congratulate them on coming to their senses and and hiring the assistant coach. How much does an assistant coach in MLS cost? And given the incredible workload that these coaches have and the fact that, you know, there's going to be champions league and there's a U.S. open cup and the preseason games now and bringing new players in, which the galaxy are doing, that's a very difficult thing to do to get all these new players on the same page. And it takes a lot of video work, a lot of one-on-one coaching. I think the galaxy made the right move, uh, but I'm just surprised that they made, it, it took them this long to get there. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a good move. Um, all of these things are good moves. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, all of these, uh, all of these off-season moves they made, and and whether it comes back to you know a reasonableness, is that a word? Reasonableness, if it, it, a reasoning uh, for this LA Galaxy to sort of come back and and understand that maybe they strayed too far from the uh, from the path last year and and are now back and sort of paying attention to to things that are going on. That's good for me, and I, I think uh, Ezra, you know, having. It, a long time sort of uh, relationship with Siggy Schmidt um, being a, the the Sounders 2 uh, head coach. I think their first ever head coach that the Sounders 2 had, um, the Sounders USL team. That's that's a positive as well. So all of these things sort of coming over. He holds a U.S. Soccer A coaching license as well. So um, this just seems like a, a good hire. And by the way, it's a hire that really brings a guy who knows what it's like to be an L.A. Galaxy player uh, back into the fold as well that maybe can impart some of that knowledge to players who have never been L.A. Galaxy players and there it's not like that transfers over there's there, there's really not that many players left over from you know the 2014 championship I think there are two players now from the 2014 championship uh team which would be Baggio Husidic and Bradford Jameson the fourth is that it right neither one of them started in the final um and Baggio played some that year. Bradford Jamison, I think, played 29 minutes. Yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't a ton of ton of minutes, but again, in my mind, that's why this is such a positive. Kevin is that you see that, and and now there's guys there that can sort of remind these guys what it means to be an LA Galaxy player. I like that. That's why, I like, uh, you know, Ezra Henderson coming in and and being part of that. So this seems like it's all working in the right direction. I, I like the fact, and and I listened to uh, an interview LA Galaxy Insider did with. Uh, Daniel Starris and you know they were talking about all the time these guys are spending together driving to and from the hotel out to training in different vans so these guys are getting to know each other they're hanging out there's lots of training I think they're doing uh, two sessions a day right now so there's lots of togetherness for this group that was not together at all at the very beginning Kevin and so for me um, it's it's just another positive in terms of how Siggy is is deciding to build this team up uh, around the fact that nobody really knows each other, uh, that these are all relatively unknowns and that they're going to have to learn to work together, and they're getting to do this in sort of this isolated, uh, tailored environment to, to keeping everybody together and, and learning about each other. So it's like, you know, it's camp. It's camp going on for these guys, and they get to, uh, you know, sit around the campfire, and they get to tell everybody what their favorite color is, and that helps to sort of build, hopefully, a cohesive locker room, because last year the, the locker room wasn't very cohesive. So right now, uh, that sort of seems, at least in my mind, to be a positive. All of these things are working towards positives for me. And and how do you think this cohesive locker room is going to be able to absorb a 36-year-old injured Swedish player? I think it, I think they'll be fine. I think Zlatan, okay. has Zlatan ever been tasked as being a bad teammate? Have you ever heard that from anybody? 
we know about he, his ego. He su- he sucks. Yeah, he sucks a lot of oxygen down of the room. Well, of course he does. But at no point have I ever heard people be like, "Oh man, that guy's insufferable and he ruins teams and blah blah blah." And on well, the contrary, what? his teams team tend to win. He's, he's just just, just yeah. fess up. Why do you want him to come here? Because you want him on the show. That's your only. That's your end game. That's all you want. Out of this. <laughs> yes, yes. My end game. Okay. You know, my whole focus here, Kevin, is to get one of the largest soccer stars ever in the history of the game to come on my podcast. Because I one, I think so highly of my own podcast that it's clearly on the same level as somebody like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, possibly this show is bigger than Zlatan if I'm if I'm what? not being you know too too out there. I will use all of my influence and power to go to Chris Klein and go to Dan Beckerman right now and say that as a condition of him signing the contract, he needs to do more than one live personal appearance on the Corner of the Galaxy pod. How does that sound? That's, I think you should. I think that should be a condition of him coming. I, I agree with it 100%. That's a, you know, Zlatan on COG. We could just, we could do it. We could call it Zlatan's Corner. All right, I'm I'm ready. He could do a weekly podcast with us throughout the season where he calls in and corrects us on all the things that are not Zlatan-y enough, right? So everything has to be about Zlatan, so it'll just be uh, you know 30 minutes of Zlatan talk. That seems like a good idea to me. But anyway, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just just leave Zlatan alone for two seconds. We still have some other <laughs> things to talk about. Um, Pot- Pato. No, 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 no. I told. Oh. I didn't, and see, for some reason, I can stomach the Zlatan rumors over and over again. With Pato, there's just there's nothing there. All it is is two people talking on social media. There's nothing there. Zero. And people are still, oh, and now I know you're doing it for fun. But just so you know, every time I hear about Pato, like my 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 blood pressure rises just a little bit. I do get angry on the inside. And you're, and you're 36. That, that's dangerous that's, if that blood pressure goes up. You know, if I die during this season, you'll know why. It's Pato. All right, that's exactly what it is. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, this is interesting. Um, and, and I think it's overall a really good idea, but uh, Liga MX and MLS apparently are in talks to have uh, the champions of each league play each other. So sort of like a Super Liga. Oh, wait, we've done that before. Uh, but it, it, like a Super Game where you have the winner of Liga MX and the, and the MLS Cup champion play in a game. And on the face of it, Kevin, if you don't figure out any details, this is a great idea. Why not bring in Liga MX and MLS to face each other? This is something that I think will draw interest in both leagues from both sides. So you could expand the interest of Liga MX among MLS watchers and perhaps even Liga MX uh, watchers of MLS. So in my mind, without knowing any details, yes, this is awesome. Get it done. But I have a feeling we're going to hit a roadblock somewhere. Well, let me tell you why it's not a good idea. Um, Because one of the, I think, driving forces behind this was that uh, MLS sides were saying, look, when we go and play you guys in Champions League, we always play you at the very beginning of our season. You guys are in the middle of your season. You've picked a roster. Your your teams are gelling. They're, they're, They're fit. And we don't have a chance. And so it's diff- MLS teams have said this is not a truly representative uh, look at how our two leagues stack up. So now they've come up with the idea, well, let's play another game between the champions. And theoretically, we'll, uh, I think one of the ideas talked about was they're going to schedule it after the MLS Cup final. They have to do it after MLS Cup final because that's when we know who the MLS Cup champion is. So they would play that at the end of December. Bad reason, bad timing for the MLS teams for a number of reasons. One is those guys are exhausted. They would have played a 34-game uh, regular season schedule plus the playoffs plus U.S. Open Cup um, plus whatever international. Theoretically, the team is a good team, so it has international players that would have played international games. 
they're exhausted. If they extend the season another week or two, they get three to four weeks off tops before they go back to training camp. So I think that's a non-starter from the, from the MLS perspective. But if they did accept that date, then the Liga MX team comes in at the start of their training camp, which starts or not even maybe not even before their training camp uh, before their training camp starts, which is around Christmas, just after Christmas. They're going to come in and say, "Look, we weren't fit. We weren't ready. We you guys were, were totally fit and in game shape. This is not a true representation of how the league stack up." So all it is is answering the same question from the other angle um you know i I think they'd have to work timing out and i don't know if they're not going to do it at the end of the mls season which liga mx is not going to want and mls should not want either if they do it during the season they're going to interfere with you would presume they'd interfere with the champions league correct and u.s open cup and international dates and everything else so when do they do it um i think it's back to another scheduling problem and until the two leagues get on a similar schedule you're always going to have that one team is ready and the other team is not yeah, are you getting breaking news again? Is is that it's, you? Is this, it's, Zlatan's calling you right now? It's a call from a Macedonian hunting lodge. <laughs> I'm sure it is. This is how we get Zlatan on. Just put him on speakerphone. We can get this all done right now. No, you you bring up the perfect point though, Kevin. Is that it's all about scheduling and being that the two schedules are somewhat at odds and that you can't really extend the season at all for the champions. And do you remember when the Galaxy were winning MLS Cups and they would then go on like a postseason tour afterwards? And do you remember how exhausted everybody was when they got back? I sort of feel like that's what this might end up being. And if you're going to do it, you almost have to do like a home and home in order to satisfy. You'd want one in the U.S. and maybe one down in Mexico to sort of make it good. It just, it extends too much. So I love the idea. If somebody can think of a great way to make it happen without impacting schedules on either side, I'm all for it. I just, uh, with the schedules not lining up, and and one of the arguments, you know, uh, against MLS is the fact that it doesn't follow the international calendar. Um, you know, it's difficult to make this happen. It just, it just is, and that's the bottom line, and I don't know that it does, and you're right, it could sort of be a, a gut shot for either league if they don't feel it's 100% fair on both sides in terms of scheduling, and if it's not, there's always going to be excuses. That's all we ever do in Champions League, by the way, and I still agree, I still think that it's one of the reasons that the gap still hasn't closed as much as it has, is that MLS teams still play at a real disadvantage whenever it comes to to Mexican teams in that in those knockout rounds uh, because of the scheduling because of when it all takes place and you know if that ever gets solved then I'd probably have to find another excuse why MLS gets its butt kicked in uh, in Champions League all the time as well so it, it's just again it's interesting how that all comes together and 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 whether or not you could ever find a good spot for it is really sort of the the crux of the argument for it I guess. Well, and, and you know, I, I do think that the gap between MLS and Liga MX has closed. I am not going to say that, uh, Gallic, you know, a, a number of MLS teams could go over there and, and compete. But I think at the top, the top teams, I, I think that there is a, a little bit more parity than we've seen in Champions League. I do think a team like Toronto could compete with the best in Liga MX. And, and we're just not proving that the way that the, the Champions League is set up now. And, and you're right, finding the date. I mean, I think the perfect date might be uh, somewhere in May, maybe early June. Um, both team, both leagues will will be going. Both teams will be uh, both players on both teams will be fit. But there's international dates in June and July, and then every other year there's the um, the Gold Cup. Uh, you know, this year there's the World Cup. So how how do you work it out? Then if you do it in August, well, you know, MLS teams are getting a little bit run down. They're getting into their playoff races. They really don't want to be dealing with uh, you know extracurricular activities at that point. 
Um, and that, that doesn't work. That day doesn't work well for the Liga MX team. So you know, the fact that Liga MX has two seasons and, uh, you know, they start before MLS and they end before MLS just makes it really tough. Yeah, it, it does. So, uh, again, a great idea. If they can make it work, I'm all for it. Uh, if it's not going to work, then it's not going to work. And that's just sort of the way it is. I don't think they should force it. Uh, it makes one league or the other look bad if you force it, and I don't think that's what you want to do. So, anyway, that's where you, you stand on that. I just thought that was interesting news there. Uh, another bit of LA Galaxy news, or possibly LA Galaxy news. Let's let's say it's possibly LA Galaxy news because we don't know exactly whether or not this is something the Galaxy are even interested in. Uh, but Rubio uh, Rubin, who is uh, who is a U.S. Men's National Team player and who has been playing overseas and who is a forward. Um, is looking is possibly coming to sign a contract with Major League Soccer. Nobody knows which team it is, and there are a lot of uh, sort of associations with possibly the LA Galaxy for a couple of reasons. But it looks like that could could be happening. So one of the reasons that they're saying it could be the LA Galaxy is when you look at allocation order. And right now, the allocation order sits FC Dallas one, LA Galaxy two. But I think Paul Tenorio was reporting today that uh, that FC Dallas is going to send, or excuse me, that Orlando City, who's been making a bunch of moves, uh, Orlando City will be looking to give $400,000 in targeted allocation money to FC Dallas for that top allocation spot. And when they do, they're going to go ahead and grab uh, Yuri Rossell, who was who apparently is subject to allocation, and that that's who Orlando is going to pick up with that allocation slot and, and sort of put things together. All right, so that's how it goes, which means the LA Galaxy would now be the number one allocation spot and would have the number one chance at signing uh, Rubio Rubin if he comes in to the league. Now, none of this means anything because he's a forward, which the Galaxy still are probably rather thin at. And if you want a guy, I think he could possibly be somebody who fits in there. I'm not sure what the Galaxy salary cap situation looks like right now, especially going after Zlatan um, and whether or not that all fits in. Maybe that doesn't work and maybe it doesn't make any sense. But the Galaxy could just straight up pass on uh, on Rubin and, and say say they're done um, and that they'd keep the number two allocation and then somebody behind them would be able to pick it up. Or... They could trade that allocation spot, and uh, the allocation list is is uh, sort of a prized, you know, positioning. It's usually the top three or four or five get to use that throughout the year. So the Galaxy, being the number one spot, could have some leverage to trade it away. And basically, if you trade it with another team, you just pick up their slot, um, and they could also give you money for it and all sorts of things like that. So there's a chance the Galaxy could do that. Um, you know, you can really sort of do anything you want. People have been asking whether the Galaxy would trade the allocation spot for an international slot. And I think that the going rate might see the international slots be worth, um, you know, uh, maybe it would be four international slots for an allocation spot. That allocation spot is is very, very prized. So something to keep an eye on. I don't think that there's anything imminent, at least right now. Um, but uh, Rubio Rubin seems like he's coming to MLS. And if he is, the Galaxy would have the first shot at him. He is a forward. Galaxy are probably thinnest at that area. It's not a huge stretch, Kevin, to see that he could possibly end up with the Galaxy. But this is all speculation. Nobody has any hard facts. And I even reached out to somebody, and there's, there's not a lot of buzz around it right now. Well, one of the things that Ziggy Schmidt had said, and I don't remember if it was last week when training camp had just gotten started, um, and those of us who were not in Scotland um, talked to him, or whether it was this week in Tucson, but he said that we are not done uh, yet, that he expects more additions to the roster. Now, 
almost every coach says that just to, to sort of keep everyone on their toes and more players could be coming in. You, you know, you better show me that, that, uh, you know, you're with the starting spot. Someone, you know, you maybe should be looking over your shoulder just in case. So I, I, I didn't read too much into it, but when you start to hear some of these things like Ruben, you start to talk about Ibrahimovic and, and Pato and all the other people that are being talked about. Um, uh, you know, I do think that they're still trying to strengthen this squad. And I think Ruben would be a good addition because they are a little thin at forward. Um, and you know, you, you, Kamara is going to play 90 minutes every game. I know that, but at some point he's going to get a little bit tired. And if he's playing a, you know, a game in July in, in Houston, that's going to be a tough game. He's probably going to need to take a breather after that. So they, that's the one position. You know, they have a ton of depth now on the back line. Uh, the midfield is stacked. The one place they don't have a lot of depth is is at forward. It's a little thin right now, and uh, um, you know a veteran presence, uh, a guy that could come in, maybe give them a different look, but not lose a whole lot in talent and experience when Kamara sits down would really help. Yeah, it uh, it would be, and so that's again, it's something to keep an eye on. I I, don't, I haven't heard anything, and if I do hear anything, you can obviously follow Kevin and I on Twitter. We'll we'll be sure to get it to you. I want to go back to Zlatan Ibrahimovic before we close out the show once again. Um, just no be- way. Yeah, just because uh, Insider talked to uh, Schmidt today at training, I want you to hear what Schmidt had to say, and I'll read the quote from uh, from LA Galaxy Insider on LAGalaxy.com. He says, uh, Schmidt says, there's been a lot of talk about it in the past, and it's something that maybe gets opened up again. I don't know what's there. If there was something there, I'm sure we'd all know. Right now, it's all rumors. So that's Siggy Schmidt on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. As well, I just I thought that's a really good non-answer from Siggy Schmidt. That's a yeah. That, that was a lot of words to say nothing there, at all. There was there was zero in that. Which, by the way, it's usually pretty emphatic when there's an, when there's none. Right? There's like we have no interest. We have blah blah blah. It's very simple. There's usually short statements, all those things. When there's something there, but it might be behind it, and they don't want to say anything. It's a lot of words to get nowhere. Um, it's kind of like one of those mazes you did at a kid at like, you know, at Denny's, you know, you do the whole thing and you end up back at the very beginning again. Um, that's probably a horrible analogy, but, um, I don't even know what time it is. I think my body clock says it's like, you know, something like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's a- any, any show with a mention of Denny's is a good, good quality <laughs> podcast. I think <laughs> that's, that's how they rank them on iTunes. Actually. How many times you say Denny's that's how the ones you see those ones that are way up at the top in the rankings. That's There's a Denny's is. cast. There's a Denny's cast. That's that's a good idea. For uh, for things I want to do in my retirement, re- record a podcast from Denny's. All right, that's that's high on the list. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about LA Galaxy wise, Kevin? Is there anything we missed? Did we talk about Chris Pontius at all, or did that come in after uh, after our, our? I think my Thursday show may have actually Chris well, Pontius signed with the LA Galaxy. We had hinted at it. You you and I had talked about it. Um, I think on multiple podcasts, so it's not completely out of the. Out of the I, I, I don't know what number they gave him, but you know when he played at DC United, you know he wore number thirteen. And do you know why he wore number thirteen? Why did he wear number thirteen? His hero growing up was Dan Marino, the Dolphins, Miami Dolphins quarterback. So he took Dan Marino's number. Chris Pontius is a uh, Yorba Linda guy, uh, so he's a local SoCal guy. I think he, that was a really great addition. If we hadn't talked about it, I haven't even gone back and listened. But I, I think he's a really great addition to the club in terms of uh, leadership and the ability to bring something there. Uh, it's good depth for the LA Galaxy. He's another guy who probably has limited minutes in him. But uh, that will probably push somebody like Ima Boateng to really uh, to see if Ima can stay in that sub role. Um, so it's these are good things. Siggy wanted competition cool. at whole bunches of, uh, of different uh, positions. Kevin, I think that's what he has right now. Well, now you're talking about Pontius as a sub, Ima as a sub. 
uh, Zlatan's. We got more subs in the Royal Navy. I mean, there's a lot of subs here. How many? Is it, how many subs do you need? Well, uh, actually, in a starting eleven, you need seven. Or starting eighteen, you need okay, seven. Well, you need maybe a goalkeeper. You want, might right. want to have one of those around. Okay, so a goalkeeper. You're going to need a couple midfielders, right? You need goalkeeper and one defender at least. That's usually what you would have. So there's two. So now you still have five left. You could have Zlatan and Pontius and Ima. Ima? And look, and I still got I still got two more. You got plenty of subs. What are you complaining about? This is great. This is a Galaxy team with depth. You should have to argue about who's going to be subs. It wasn't last. It was like last year trying to figure out a starting eleven was the easiest thing ever. You know why? Because yeah. Do you remember they didn't have enough guys? At some some games they didn't even have five subs. That's what I'm talking about. That's why this this team is already. If you look at how it was constructed, it was constructed smartly. There's competition to be on the bench. Last year there was competition. To maybe be a starter every once in a while, whenever they had enough players. I, I think Kurtanov almost stressed out one time just because it, it looked ridiculous. The bench was so short. Did you um did you pick up and and I know it's a little off topic, but being a former LA Galaxy coach, uh, that Kurtanov uh, seemingly almost hired by Atlas and Liga MX. Yes, I happen to know about that. Me too. I heard some things as well. What do you know? Well, I actually talked to Kurt, so <laughs> what I know is true. Okay, um, go for it. That he was a finalist. He did go down an interview. He was a, he was told he was a finalist for the job. He didn't get it. He lost out to another Brazilian. Remember, Kurt's Brazilian. He lost out to another Brazilian, but uh, he believes that that he made some inroads and that the next interview is going to go a little bit uh, smoother and that his name is now out there and that Atlas apparently – um, to make him a finalist, thought something of him, and 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 uh, that information is getting out that the this guy might be a coach that some other teams might want to take a look at. So he's he's looking at it as a positive that uh, it was a good process to go through that he thought he did well and he thought that the the other side came away impressed. Yeah, I, I think those are all all positives, and also I think there was an acknowledgement there that uh, at least from from Atlas's point of view that uh, it seems that. It, they didn't blame last season on Cardinalfo that they could clearly tell that whenever he left, everything fell apart as well. So um, that it, it seems like maybe that, at least in some areas, the, the blame isn't totally on Anolfo, which we've been saying now for quite a long time after uh, after going astray for a little while. You and I have been pretty pretty heavily in the camp that uh, the team, that as it was constructed last year, constructed mostly without Cardinalfo's input, um, was not good enough to compete. And that's the, that was the bottom line from last year. Well, I don't know, is, that, is that fair? Correct. Correct that a little bit. I, I would say constructed um, uh, without Kurnanoffo's um, input. I mean, I think he he was there. He uh, without his approval, they made. Uh, my understanding is he pushed back on a lot of things that they wound up doing, and yeah. uh, his word was just not taken. Um, uh, was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? His word was just not uh, listened to. I, his opinion was not listened to. I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, what I say. that's sort of what I say too. Anyway, so that's uh, that was it. All right. Um, <coughs> anything else, Kevin? Anything that no. we haven't covered? It's been it's been a really long time since we did a podcast, so I want to make sure that we haven't left anything out. How how's your dog? Everything fine? Your dog is Ch good. Chicharita Chicharita is here. She is no no longer playing for West Ham. Yeah. Um, she does not like David Moyes either. <laughs> Whether her namesake sake will get here, uh, I heard someone from LAFC saying that the reason I keep talking about Chicharito is because I want him to meet my dog, um, which is only partly true. I, I thought we had some some uh, viewer email. Oh, you know, we do have we do have some questions. Thank you. You know, I'm glad I'm glad somebody's paying attention. I'm just sort of looped out over here. So uh, let's see. Um, oh, this is a good one from Jose. Jose writes in and he says, "Could Kevin appraise my cheap seats on the upper sideline if the Galaxy signs Zlatan Ibrahimovic? How much are those seats going to go for, Kevin? Upper sidelines on the on Zlatan Ibrahimovic's debut for the LA Galaxy." 
Well, you know, a, a couple of hundred, right? Over a hundred. Uh, but yeah. they, they're going to come with binoculars because people at 36, their eyesight is failing. And so uh, in, in honor of Zlatan, you're going to get um, you're going to get uh, uh, bifocals and you're going to get binoculars so that you can see the pitch from up there. So it's a good deal. OK, that's a good one. Here's, a, here's another one from at uh, LAG Faithful. Uh, they say, can the LA Galaxy trade an allocation spot for an international slot? They could, but they're not that stupid. I think I've already adjusted that or already a, a, a sort of approached that. Here's another good one from Mark. Uh, Mark asks, uh, he says, you haven't convinced me that this is a good deal regarding Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Tam- well, how, wait a minute. Yes. Wait, how do they know that? We haven't even done this pod yet. They haven't heard the pod yet. So how can he not be? He, he was talking about he's Twitter. Con- he was talking about Twitter oh, okay. and things. But I thought he's, it, he's convinced now. He, I'm sure he is after hearing our wonderful discussions about it. Now, yes. How could you not be? Uh, he says targeted allocation money for an age broken tamed down player. This is an old move and shows we haven't learned. Kevin, the LA Galaxy haven't learned. They should go with no. Now, now, now I'm paraphrasing the LA they Galaxy. Go youth. They should go with really young players like last year that have no name draw whatsoever. Let's do that. That sounds well, like you, a good idea. But you know that question pretty much mimics my argument to I the agree. T. So. I, again, it's not black and white. It's gray. You can still go young. Signing Zlatan to come to the Yellow Galaxy doesn't mean the Galaxy didn't learn anything about last year. Which, by the way, if you're learning anything about last year, is that you can't just go all young players. That doesn't yeah. work either. So there's don't a mix. Do, don't do that again is what don't, you learned. It's bad, bad idea. Sign Pato. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, oh, that's, I love oh that guy. yeah. Here we go. Uh, Oliver writes in as he says, if we sign Zlatan, oh, this one, this is going to be a thinking one for you, Kevin. This is, you're going to have to think on the fly. If we sign Zlatan and everyone is 100% healthy slash fit along with him, what's y'all starting 11? Well, it's the same starting 11 that, that we had in the past, right? It's Bingham and Goal. Um, pick him across the back line. I think Cole, Cole right? Uh, Shelvick, um, and then Shelvick. I'm tossing Siani out. So Stairs is starting now. So we'll right, start and starting. Felcher, and then Felcher out on the right hand side. Okay, so now we go to the midfield. On the left hand side is Legette. right? And then I put Gio in the middle, and I put uh, Alessandrini on the right. And then I like two holy midfielders, which would be in my case Jonathan and Kitchen. Okay, those are the two guys because for a couple of reasons. Because I think those two would work well together, and I think. Given the speed that the, we have in the midfield, um, I would like to see Gio and those uh, and Alessandrini and Legette have as much room as possible to maneuver. And and by dropping the two other midfielders back, I think that gives them more room to maneuver. And then we have a target striker uh, of Kamara. Okay, so that's it. So that's a, that's even if Zlatan is 100% healthy, because if he's 100% healthy, do you start him? It, no, I don't. And if you do, then you got to move one of those guys to the bench. You had talked about probably the Jets, the one out. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Kitchen comes out and maybe go with one um, true holy midfielder, and then Jonathan would have to play that position. Um, I just don't think Zlatan fits fits in very well in that lineup. I think somebody important has to sit, and he really doesn't have a position. I do you pair him up front with Kamara? I mean, I guess that would, he's not going to play in the midfield. I guess that's what you would yeah. have to do. Yeah, he would but, pair up top. Yep. Is then he more valuable over 90 minutes than Sebastian Legette, assuming Sebastian Legette's healthy and he says that he is? Is he more valuable over 90 minutes than Sebastian Legette? On the surface, you look at their careers and the two players we're talking about, that's a ridiculous comment. But again, we're going to go back. He's 36 years old, hasn't played in a a full year now. He's coming off a couple of serious injuries. Legette is too, but Legette is 
you know, much younger, much fitter, and is at the his career is ascending. It's not declining. Yeah, it's very simple. Zlatan's a sub, and that's how it goes. And if you want to argue with me, go ahead and argue with me all you want. I don't care. I won't listen. I'll just block it out. I'll do like na la la la. That's what I'll do. I I really, it's not even an argument. I wish to like start to go it. You just can't trust him to be a starter. So don't put him in your starting lineup. If he works himself into fitness, Kevin, and he shows that he can be good, and that you want to give him some starts over Ola Kamara, great. Go ahead and do it. Flip flop those two all you want back and forth and back and forth and give them time and go with the hot hand and whoever's scoring, I'm great. That's all for it. But to say right now that you're going to count on him for 34 games, you're out of your freaking mind. You know what? You're better off to go like convince Pato to come to the LA Galaxy by like tweeting at him or putting notes on his Instagram. All right? that's That That would be a better use of your, your time than to say that Zlatan's a 34-game starter for the LA Galaxy. Or, or, or my favorite argument, I can't believe I'm going back to this again. My favorite argument so far, it wouldn't matter if Zlatan had one leg, he'd still score 12, 15 goals on MLS. That's ridiculous. Zlatan with one leg is not Zlatan. He wouldn't do it. I doubt he'd be very fast with one leg, although maybe he would be. He is Zlatan. Maybe he can hop really fast. But that's not how, how this works. How, how, how do you kick the ball with you only have one leg? You do it very carefully, Kevin. That's what I imagine. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. But anyway, that's so that's it. That's it. We're done. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. My, I already have my head hurts already. And I got to and well, there's another show on Thursday. So how it, do you do a, st- a step over if you only have one leg? That's going to be really hard. It's a hop over. Back, you hop over. back, back, heel pass. I mean, it's, uh, all kinds of stuff you can't do with one leg. <laughs> it, se- it seems like it might be limiting. Maybe uh, he could be a goalie. He's tall. He is tall. He two, big arms. One leg, two hands. It'd be great. That would be perfect. All right. Uh, that's it. That's what we got. There's another show coming up on Thursday, uh, a live show. I will have to see how I arrange that and get everything ready. Um, so that is sort of our plan. I will tell you this right now, February 17th. We've talked about it before. The LA Galaxy, the LA Galaxy. No, that's the team. I'm corner of the galaxy on the podcast. Corner of the galaxy is hosting its very own open house right here at Corner of the Galaxy Studios from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. That is February 17th. That means that the LA Galaxy will host the San Jose Earthquakes at the Great Park in Orange County at 2 p.m. So you'll get a chance to come by the studio. I can tell you right now, the LA Galaxy Star Squad will be in attendance for that. Uh, we have a chance at, at, it looks like, raffling off a, a signed jersey. So that'll be one of the raffle items. I'm going to have extra stuff that sits in my office that I don't use and that I have extras of. Maybe some Omar Gonzalez mini lockers, that type of thing, that will be for sale. And all of the proceeds, of course, will benefit the LA Galaxy Foundation for that as well. So that's what we're doing. There's going to be, yes. And the event the event's going to be followed by the first Corner of the Galaxy charity golf tournament with a <laughs> shotgun start. Correct? I was going no, 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 no. <laughs> golf no, tournament no, no golf no tournament. golf tournament no i don't think we're gonna get we're gonna get that get that far um but anyway we invite everybody to come down you get to see the inside of the studio you can sit in the chair that i do i'll put the microphones up we'll let you listen to the intro music we'll do all that fun stuff i am planning right now on doing a a cog co-host uh question and answer period during that as well which will sort of be a thing where everybody gets together and ask us some questions um, and that we will give you our honest answers and behind the scenes info as much as we have so this will be a, a good chance to see everybody and say hi uh, it looks like LA Galaxy scarves uh, again LA Galaxy is the soccer team corner of the galaxy is the podcast corner of the galaxy will have their very own scarves here our scarves should be in on February 7th that is the uh, arrival date so in just a week so you should be able to buy scarves at that event as well and I might even hold them to start selling them at the events so that way your first chance will be in person uh, 25 have you, been, have you been drinking by the way I wish I wish I had been <laughs> drinking 
This is just this is you know how they tell you that if you're tired that it's worse than like driving drunk and that type of thing. You should not podcast tired. It's like doing a podcast drunk. That's basically how it goes. Friends do not let friends podcast tired. That sounds like a great idea. So anyway, that's all the information that I have for that as well. All right, Kevin, anything else that we need to get to? Have we covered absolutely everything now that we are no, back from our I, long hi- hiatus? Let me come over there and tuck you in. You need uh, you need some some shut eye, I think. That's, you need some sleep. That is the scariest thing I have heard in a <laughs> very, very long time. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it is at KBaxter11. And please head on over to the LA Times where Kevin does all of his writing covering uh, soccer in Los Angeles and other sports. They make him cover as well. Uh, LATimes.com and uh, look for Kevin Baxter there. If you're looking for me on Twitter at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S, M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. That's where you can find me. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our written articles, all of our shows, everything that you want to do. And of course, we'll have our live Thursday show coming up. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman, back from overseas. Glad to be with you. We have a countdown of just 33 days until the LA Galaxy start off. So everyone, have a very, very good day, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.